Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Spech. Hello. How's it going, Derek? Good, good. Tired, but I'm good. It's been a tiring week. It has. But I've been busy, busy, too. Yeah. I've got a story. Do you? You want me to enlighten you? Is it about a man named Jed? No. No. Was he an old mountaineer? Barely kept his family fed. (laughs) I heard that one day... He was shooting out some food, <laughs> and up from the ground comes some bubbling, bubbling crude. crude. Yeah. Oh, you know Jed. <laughs> I've heard of the guy. No, this is money flowing their direction. <laughs> money flowing the other direction. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, have been sleeping well. I. Uh, it's a short story. I'll try not to make it too long. But uh, last Wednesday, last Wednesday, somehow the cat got locked in our bedroom all day long. So the cat, it was eight in the morning till I got home at like three thirty-four. It's a long day for a little cat. Ooh. <laughs> so he, uh, he looked for something soft to go to the bathroom in. Your Felt pillow. Like, no, it wasn't a pillow. It was <sighs> the bed. So he pooed and pooed once and peed four times on the bed. So. Well, it's he, not because he needed to. <laughs> you don't think? No, he was just mad. <laughs> Cats are spiteful little beasts. I felt beasts. bad for him, but uh, my mattress is now in the garage, and uh, my Endy mattress that we ordered last week is just shipped tonight at 847. That's Sweet. what I said. Endy! What are you even excited. sleeping on? A futon mattress, and it sucks. Hard as a rock. So last night I... Futon mattresses. That brings back glorious yeah. memories yeah. of college. So I, I last night I just couldn't take it anymore, and it like... Two thirty-three in the morning, I slept on the couch. It's like, I can't take it. I can't take it. I would have been sleeping on the couch anyway. <laughs> have you never slept on a futon before? It's been years. Only my only guests that come visit sleep on that futon. <laughs> oh, so so that's how you treat your guests, is it? Yes. <laughs> Let's let them sleep on the futon. So they'll enjoy the stay, yeah. but they won't stay very long. Yes, exactly. Oh, that's awesome, buddy. <laughs> so, yeah, so I haven't been asleep well. That's... Stupid mattress. Well, speaking of animals, mm. I read something today that's got me pretty pissed off. Oh, yeah? When COVID started and I was looking at getting a dog. Yes. And I couldn't get a dog because people were scooping them up left, right, and center. Yeah, and we talked about this. The, and uh, what did I say was going to happen when everything yeah. opened up and people were heading back to, to work, work? And Suddenly, there's going to be a lot of rescues available. Are you seeing it? The Toronto Humane Society is saying like up 63%. Hmm. There you go. That's disgusting. We 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 saw it coming. We knew it was going to come. Like it's yep. it's unfortunate that uh, people don't have the forethought or foresight of uh, when they adopt an animal that this is for the lifetime of the animal and not yeah. until it's not no longer convenient to you, right? So there's oh, too many people out there yeah. that think that way. It's like you're well, committing. Well, and now you 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 wanted a do- like we were looking for a puppy. That we could start with kittens, so they'd all grow up. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Together, yeah. and no, now we're stuck getting a two-year-old dog with two-year-old cats mm-hmm. that you don't know if they're going to. And then they what do you may do? or may not be compatible. Exactly. They might, yeah. Right? And uh, oh, that yeah, it's absolutely disgusting. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and of course, people. Well, the the price of everything's gotten so high. <laughs> Why is your dog driving? Yeah, I know, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I gotta raise my hand or just call BS on it. I am so unhappy with this right People now. People are taking advantage of the situation, whether it be used cars or 
used cars or rescues or pets or whatever. It's like, oh, no, you got to pay more. It's like, oh, take advantage of the people mm-hmm. who actually still want a pet or still need a car because there's no cars to buy new cars on the lot, only used cars and barely any new used cars. So yeah. used cars are selling at a premium. Anyway, anyway. It, I'm starting to see some canoes on the market now. They're still asking oh, yeah. a lot, but uh, I'm, I'm waiting for that flood of canoes to show up to, for the prices to drop, right? That'd be nice. Mm-hmm. I might pick up another t- six or seven of them. <laughs> I need at least one. I need something for uh, I need at a least growing one family. Dozen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, need, I'm needing a, uh, a decent canoe that can handle four people. You should build one. Well, you know, two kids, not four adults. Why not for adults? Do you hate paddling with is there four people? Any canoe out there that can easily handle four adults? I don't think so. A war canoe? Yeah. No. If your wife is short, my wife is short. <laughs> they're no different than baggage. <laughs> so, and if my wife is listening, <laughs> um. Uh, before we, we go into the following that line of building your own, uh-huh. we did the Whiskey Fireside Chat. Yes. Number, what's that, 97? Yeah, I'm not sure what number 97, it was. 97, 94, 97. Mm-hmm. With Kevin Cowan. We're getting as bad as Kevin Cowan is now. <laughs> Our memories are shot. There's yeah. too many things to remember. <laughs> uh, if you go to the uh, to Kevin Cowan's Happy Camper um, YouTube, channel. YouTube channel, you'll see uh, Whiskey Fireside Chat. We uh, talk with Kevin about our... Little uh, Great Lakes um, gallivant- gallivanting that we did. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> that was good. That was good. It was fun. Our walkabout, our paddle about, our paddle drive about, mm-hmm. drive paddle about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So if you go on there, uh, check it out. Uh, like I said, we were supposed to have Kevin on that that drive, but unfortunately things didn't work yeah, out. Yeah, it's too bad. It would have been fun with him along. Yeah. Uh, anything else happening? No, not really. Huh. Boring. <laughs> I bit my tongue again. Yeah? Yeah. Got a hole in my tongue again. <laughs> well, don't do that. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> I don't know why I've, since I was a kid, I, I've yeah. always had this issue with biting my tongue. <laughs> and there's more than once I put, like, two teeth have connected through oh, wow. my tongue. Hmm. <laughs> when you feel resistance, it's, when you feel pressure, When stop. you feel pain, stop biting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's just one of the quirks. Yeah. It's just one of my quirks. <laughs> I got so many. Um, kayak building workshop. Ah, yes. Yes. Uh, Jen's Haven Memorial School in Nain on Labrador's northern coast. There's a wood shop in the back of the school where 15 grade 8 students and their principal and their kayak building instructor crowd around a large kayak frame. Uh, the only sounds of planers and hand saws. Yeah, all hand tools. All hand tools, no power tools whatsoever. Uh, and they're uh, working on putting ribs, uh, kayak ribs in their slots. A uh, project of Noah Nochasik, a kayak revival lead with the Nunatsiavut government's Department of Language, Culture, and Tourism, in which 15 teenagers in the Inuit community are teaming up to make a kayak similar to craft their ancestors used for centuries. There's a lot of this type of thing been going on over the last 
two years, three years. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of uh, I, like I've I've noticed it in the last couple of years, and uh, there's specific programs being put on by native communities. Uh, like there's they're doing more and more powwows. They're doing incentive programs to get the young into it, and uh, the the concern is that they're they're losing their language, they're losing mm-hmm. their uh, their traditional skills, they're losing you know their history. So they're trying to revive it, and this is one of those things. It's it's you see it through a lot of the communities. And uh, so you're seeing, I'm seeing a lot more powwows happening along, and and at my work we have a community. We passed the one up yeah, in, uh, yep. up by uh, Iroquois, Sink, yeah. uh, Point Iroquois light, uh, yeah. Lighthouse there, right? So you were seeing a lot of it. I'm seeing a lot of announcements at work. We have a lot of ties with, uh, with the Native community because of all the hydro projects. So it's a it's a revival. It's a, they're kind of bringing it back amongst uh, the uh, the native community. So it's it's a good thing. I, mm-hmm. I it's they they uh, to bring back these skills and uh, the love of your history. It's uh, it's very important. Well, it's, it's their culture, right? Yes. Yeah. And when you get when you're starting to teach this <clears throat> to grade eight students, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean that's you're getting them started young, right? Yeah. So that way you're hopefully they're going to want. To learn more and more and more, yeah. and that's the next next group sort of thing. Uh, Nochasik, uh, he travels to Inuit communities to speak about kayak history, and he said, "I saw the kayak as an or I see the kayak as an equalizer. It's not about what engine you can afford. It puts everyone on the same path. It's equal, and uh, the way you travel using kayak is about will. It's a direct direct measurement of will." His father was born in a former Inuit community north of Nain, and his grandfather was from the same area. The traveling was important to his family, and knowing his history sparked his current interest in kayaks. I think that's what a lot of people, once they start learning their history, you know, like I, I know with my grandmother, she's from Wales, and mm-hmm. I started learning some of the stuff about, you know, where she was from and stuff. Next thing you know, you're on the, you're Googling and want to learn. Yes, different and, things, and you're seeing a lot. People are doing a lot more family history stuff mm-hmm. lately, and and uh, with the native communities, it's like you know, th- this is just one guy, but there's you're going to see a lot of this. People are learning their history, and and uh, he's taken it a step further. After learning his own history, he's taken it, it that much further by teaching those what he's learned. Yeah, so definitely. it helps in the uh, in you know next generations growing up knowing more of their where they came from. Knowledge surrounding the kayak was once passed down through families and communities as it was a fundamental part of life, but it had began to to change in the 40s and 50s. With new technologies and motors being introduced, the knowledge wasn't being passed down. So, I mean, that's like boat motors and stuff, and they say the same thing with the skidoos and the the dog sleds. Yeah, exactly. When he began building his first canoe in 2009, there were still many knowledge holders around. That, however, is changing as elders pass on. While he is still interviewing surviving elders, he is also focusing on young people who are learning skills in their own school. It's a very, very real connection to their past, he says. By having the kayak as a cultural connection, it gives them a firm root into their Inuit past, and hopefully that firm root helps them with the social issues in life. Class started building the kayak back in February, and they spent about 10 hours a week working on it. Uh, Nochasik says, it is complicated teaching five different groups how to make a single kayak, but added kayaks are complex to build in the first place. This helps keep our culture alive, and just in case you might need it for some, something later in life, 
it can take a professional 80 to 100 hours to build a kayak. Given that, the students are doing very well. 80 to 100 Mm -hmm. hours to build one. That's a lot of time. He hopes the experience will help build mental resilience and confidence and that they will use kayaks in the future. You're going out into the ocean with it, and it's only taller than the length of your feet, so it's going to take a very small tool out onto the ocean there where it's windy and rough at times. You know that that builds confidence and self-esteem. And that's one of the big things he's, he's also teaching is getting them the confidence, yes. getting building yeah. their self-esteem. You know, I mean, you know, you got to teach that in young kids these days. The learning doesn't end with the construction. The groups also take notes about why they did that or what they did that day and the inictitude names of different aspects of the kayak. So there's two, another tool they're learning is, is the language. The parts, the ribs it, right? and the bow and the stern, all the, all the traditional names. Then they're using the notes in a future podcast to help students in other communities. There so then it just expands yeah. from, again. Digital expansion. It's going to be nice to be able to show what we're doing to other people around the coast. It teaches the younger generation about kayak building and it give them knowledge about it. So the tradition of kayak building doesn't die out. And that's that's all you can hope for. Yes, is exactly. That they, they keep it going and uh, it doesn't die out, right? Mm-hmm. You got to teach the younger generation. Oh, absolutely. You got to. Oh, I'm burning my tongue on that beer tonight. <laughs> Stop biting your tongue. Stupid hole in my tongue. Uh, speaking of teaching the younger generation. Yes. And speaking earlier of Kevin Callen, we had posted on our Facebook page. Kevin Callen was teaching a second uh, course of basics of canoe paddling and backcountry camping. Okay. Front neck outfitters. Yep, supposed to happen last Saturday. Uh, they made a little post there. I figured it was filled up because the first one was filled up pretty fast. I figured, okay, well, this one's going to be filled up as well. And then we put a little note saying there's a couple spots available. Oh, so oh, so I was talking to my daughter, and uh, I said, hey, would you be interested in doing this? We could go out. You could learn from Kevin Callen for the day, and there I could go. go and paddle. Elsewhere for the day, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Uh, and uh, yeah, I was saying, yeah, she'd be interested. So I was talking to Kevin, saying, "Yeah, think about signing up." He said, "Oh, it just got canceled." Oh no! Yeah, unforeseen <clears throat> circumstances, and uh, we figured ah, that kind of sucks. That's why you're at Duffins Creek. So I decided. Oh, I'm putting the piece together. I might as well take her down to Duffins Creek Saturday morning, mm-hmm. and I'll just give her because I have the two canoes. I'll take yeah. my canoe and I'll let her paddle the uh, the uh, uh, prospector, sixteen foot prospector, and I will give her some learnings. So Saturday morning, we no wind, clear sunny day, mm-hmm. eight a.m. We're down at Rotary Park. Uh, we decided, yeah, we'll just tootle around because when you launch out of Rotary Park, you can go one way to Lake Ontario. Yeah. You can go another way up Duffins Creek. Mm-hmm. And there's a, another spot that's a big bay. 
Yes. Uh, you tend to stay away from one side of the bay because there's a the nesting island. Ner- uh, turn float. Nesting yeah. box thing. Yeah. Float dock area. <laughs> thing. Yes. So you t- t- tend to stay away from there. But it's pretty sheltered in there. So I figure I'll, I'll go in there with, with her and teach her, um, you know, some of the basic um, strokes and yep. stuff like that. Yep. We saw a couple of kayaks and a stand-up paddleboard on the water, but there was no crowds yet. It was only 8 in the morning. When we were... So I put Ariana's boat in and had mine next to it. She launched and went went straight out. And just as I was getting uh, mine ready to go, the Origami Paddler, it's a stand-up paddleboard slash kayak, sit on top kayak. Yep. It folds into three pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's like a big set of luggage. Yeah. Comes with a kayak seat. We've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never seen one though. Yeah. I've only seen well, videos of it. Doesn't some fella just hop on down next? He's going out <laughs> fishing for the day and right on. he plopped one of those right mm-hmm. down next to me. Okay. So I'm watching me just unfold it. Like the, the front half comes out and the back half comes out and he's trying to figure out how to. Yeah. Is it the first, it. first time he used it? It's the first time he got it. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm putting that together. I was saying, hey, like, how does the thing, how does it work for you? And he says, I ordered it two years ago. I just got it. Oh, wow. So I was like, ooh. Because <laughs> wasn't it a Kickstarter? I do not know that. I'm trying to, th- I'm, I'm, something's telling me maybe it was a Kickstarter, and that's hmm. why he's just got it now. Well, but, I've been seeing it more and more on you know, on like YouTube and stuff like that. So it's it's just in the last couple of weeks that, that I've started seeing people talking about it, posting mm-hmm. about it, a couple of news articles, a couple of reviews online, Paddle TV, and so on. Yeah. So and it's, that's I haven't heard about it until like I, I think we we talked about something similar a couple of years back. But this is a like this is the first time all of a sudden it's it's out it's, it's, uh, it's people out are talking so that's why that's why i'm sort of thinking mm-hmm. maybe it was a, a kickstarter yeah. anyway so he's putting up he says yeah it's the first time i'm i'm using it and just watch him he's just trying to figure out how to latch it together mm-hmm. and stuff like that and you know the seat and the the paddles are in so when you unfold it they're already sitting there okay sort of deal then you got to put them all together that sort of stuff i was hoping i'd see him later in the day and say hey how's it working yeah. for you but unfortunately i Never did see him again. Uh, but, yeah, it's you can stand up on it and use it like a stand-up paddleboard, or you can sit down and use it like a sit-on-top kayak. Yeah, okay. Right? You can check it out at origamipaddler.com uh, if you want to see more about it there. It's this big, big plastic thing. So, uh, yeah, so I didn't see him. We saw a couple of people in inflatable kayaks later in the day. Uh, some, you know, the, the little cheapy ones they bought for the cottage sort of thing. And there's a couple, I think I saw an advanced elements, one of the hybrid ones that's got like the internal frame inflatable with the internal, internal frame. Okay. Um, which, uh, are not too cheap. Uh, it looked pretty snazzy from, uh, from where I saw it. So, uh, yeah. So we put the canoes in the water, took Ariana to find a minute where she was comfortable in the prospector. You know, she would sit there. She very originally I told, you know, kneel, you know, saying kneel near the, near the center. You'll want to kneel to one side so you can get, you know, sort of keel it a bit when, when she's comfortable, but for, to start in the middle, yeah, keep it flat, keep it centered, that sort of thing. Keep your balance, get used to it. You know, 
uh, wiggle side to side a bit so you can see where when it rocks, that sort of thing. Get the feel for the boat itself. Yeah. Um, she went from sitting on the seat to kneeling behind the yoke to sitting on the bottom. <laughs> she was, yeah. Trying to find the, you know. Uh, she liked sitting on the seat, but the bow moved around a lot when she was paddling. She liked to kneel, but her feet and knees got too sore. Uh, she liked to sit on the bottom, but it was a big reach over the sides to paddle. Yeah. So, you know, if you're trying to paddle one side and then you got to paddle. Yeah, you gotta, there's a lot you, of shifting and adjusting. Yeah, your, your arms are up too high trying to get around and stuff like that. But she she managed to do it. Uh, she switched back and forth, when, you know, to get the, the, the different feels for the boat. Went over a few strokes where there's she. I mean, she already knows a lot of the strokes, right? She's a, She's been a, a good uh, tandem paddler for years yeah. now. Uh, but like I say, going over the strokes and how to use them when you're when you're solo and, you know, how to move around, that sort of thing. So we went up to Duffins Creek for a while and back. It turned into like a wildlife safari. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the amount of the amount of flowers and stuff we saw. Yeah. Uh, the amount of different types of birds we saw. Uh, there was one point I'd stopped to take pictures of, of some. Oh, there, there's a geocache there. Oh, yes. The little tiny. So the little yeah. birdhouse. Yeah. So I took a picture of that, and um, I'd shown Ariana. So we were both in the tree with our canoes under the tree, and I was showing it to her. She took a picture. Then uh, I pushed her back out, and so she drifted backwards down the river a bit. And then when I came out, I looked behind her, and there was a deer standing on shore right behind her. Hmm. And when she turned around to look, it walked back into the woods. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, it would have been nice to get a picture of that because yeah, yeah. I started paddling that way. And just as I was about to turn around, all of a sudden, he's about 20 feet farther down the bank. He starts swimming right across the <laughs> creek. And I was like, look at this. This is awesome. And you still didn't get a picture. I did. Oh, you did? Go I ahead. posted them on my Facebook page. Okay. I think I posted them on our Facebook page as well. Yeah. On the Paddling Adventures radio page. There's a bunch of pictures. I uh, saw a couple of big uh, painted turtles. Saw some, we were, we were calling them toonie turtles. Oh, okay. They're just babies about yeah. the size of a toonie. Oh, okay. Really small things. Frogs. We saw a muskrat. Uh, out of the bush comes a squirrel, jumps on this log, bends down, starts drinking. Hmm. It's like, dude, you never had a drink before? <laughs> <laughs> Dial it back a couple, a uh, little bit there, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, the amount of things we saw. Uh, when we were watching the deer, two ospreys flew over. Wow. I don't know that I've ever seen ospreys hmm. in that area before. It's a good viewing day. Mind you, wow. that was only it's the incredible. second deer I've ever seen down there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So we're sitting there going, okay, where's the fox? <laughs> There's got to be fox around here somewhere. And <laughs> raccoons. We need raccoons yeah. to join all this. And uh, Yeah, it was it was really cool. So when we were going up the river, we saw one kayaker and one stand-up paddle border. They were together and they, mm-hmm. were, they were heading back down. On our way back... Man, there must have been over a dozen kayakers coming up. But as the day goes on, the place just fills right up. Even the parking lot was, you know, there was maybe seven or eight cars when we got there. And it was, people were doing uh, U-turns because there was no parking by the time we got back. And we were out for about four hours. Coming back down the river, she's really getting the hang of it. She was kneeling. Uh, at the at the end, they're coming back. Uh, she discovered wind, 
because as we got closer to the lake, the wind picks up oh, yeah, yeah. later yeah. when you get close to noon. So there was a bit of a breeze starting. And so she wasn't doing it the right way. All of a sudden, you just sort of start pushing her a bit yeah. sideways in the nose. And that's why I was telling her, wind will frustrate you oh, yeah. for the rest of your life mm-hmm. if you're paddling solo. But then, yeah, she started do, do, uh, keeling it over a little bit. Oh, okay, cool. So, right. you know, not not a not a large amount. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you could see just a little bit was there. So she was starting to get the confidence after a while. So That's good. You know, uh, usually she doesn't like to listen to what I have to say. Kids don't listen to what the parents mm-hmm. say. But if if I would have taken her to Kevin Cal and he would have told her the exact same things I told her, <laughs> she would have taken it as gospel. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just like, oh, Kevin Callan said. <laughs> I well, find yeah, that so but, frustrating with oh. the kids. It's like, why won't you listen to me? If somebody else tells you the same thing and it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. And his dad tells you, it's like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> Can't live with him. Can't give him back. <laughs> Uh, yeah, all said and done at the end of the day, had a great paddle. She learned, uh, some good skills on paddling solo. We'll get back out there and, and do some more. Um, but like I say, it's, it's a good start mm-hmm. and it's, it's a good place to practice too. Okay. You know, you're going up that river and it's, it's secluded. It's uh, yeah. sheltered, I should say, yep. not secluded. It's, it's sheltered. So you can get some nice, calm paddling and you don't have to go all the way up the river you can yeah. scoot back and forth sort of deal and, mm-hmm. and there's lots of turns in the river so yeah. it gives you that you, you navigational skills and you know steering skills and playing with current skills and mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah obstacles random obstacles are out there so yeah I, I can see that like i never really thought about it for that perspective i just enjoy the paddle up to offense creek but uh yeah it's a it would be a good teaching area there's a couple times because the osprey i was in i mean it's a solo boat right mm-hmm and there was times where I just get in the mode and I'm just zoom, 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 zoom. I'm yeah. just cruising down. And I turn around like, oh, wait. <laughs> I got to wait for her. <laughs> but, as, you know, I do. I just, that gives me the choice to, then I quickly do turn and I do, do some yeah. donuts, do some parallel some, parking, some and draws and, <laughs> and that sort of stuff. And, uh, yeah, showing her how to move side to side, mm-hmm. everything like that. So, you know, um, yeah, different strokes she could try out and how to, you know, control it. So, you know, I was doing some of the C stroke where it'll put the nose a little bit to the right. Mm-hmm. And then when as you do your paddle, it goes too far to the left and then you correct and it goes center again mm-hmm. sort of deal. Yeah. So you're doing one stroke, but you, you keep going. Overall, you're going straight. Overall, yeah. you're going straight and you're correcting as you go sort of thing. Uh, but she, yeah, she got it down no problems, and she's got the confidence to do that, so she'd have to buy her own boat now. <laughs> <laughs> That's my boat. Uh, so, yeah, we had a good time, and uh, I think, uh, yeah, we'll get back out there. Next time, maybe I'll sit in the front of the boat, and she can just paddle me around. Because we didn't have any weight in the front of the boat this time, because it wasn't really windy. Yeah. So I said, yeah, if you're on a canoe trip or something like that, You'd have that weight in the front, so you wouldn't have to worry about it because you're hauling gear. Other times, if you're going solo, you can bring a bag and fill it with water or throw a couple boulders in the front, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Right, sort of deal. A dry bag, you fill with water, yeah. tie it shut. That's what I did uh, when we were in uh, – we, we did a trip, Camp Christina, out to uh, – QE2. Oh, QE2, yeah. yeah. And it was windy, so I needed to balance out the canoe. I did have ballast it properly, but it was, so I just filled my dry bag with water and sealed it. And <laughs> it's perfect. Added 50, 60 pounds of weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we had all that 
you know, answered all those questions and pointers yeah. and stuff like that. So it was a good day. It was a really good nice. day. I got some, I think I evened out my tan <laughs> for my driving arm. Um, yeah. They're sort of getting <laughs> yeah. to be the same color exactly, now. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I just couldn't believe the amount of uh, animals that we saw. Mm-hmm. That's phenomenal. amazing. That would be that would be a, a highlight of it. If I was to be there and see that many animals, that's that's pretty cool. Oh, you know, it was really cool. What's I made the, I made the the Facebook post yeah. of our day on the water. I tagged the town of Ajax, and the mayor. Oh yeah, for, yeah, yeah. He shared my post. Right on. Yeah, look at us go. <laughs> <laughs> the mayor of Ajax. Yeah, awesome, <laughs> awesome. Uh, let's take a quick commercial break here because we're going to come back with a guest yes we'll be right back after this hi this is dark Sprest. you're listening to paddling adventures radio if you like what you've been hearing you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com as well as on facebook instagram and on twitter you can find all of our episodes on itunes google play and the episode page for our website where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming we love to hear from our listeners so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. So we have with us a guest. Uh, There's been lots of things happening lately. Um, The last few years, my wife Tracy has started coming with me on canoe trips, and a lot of times when I'm on the trips, I get just get in the swing of doing things. And... You're saying you take over and you, you're I controlling and you're... <laughs> no, you know, I wouldn't say I'm controlling. It's just habit. Yeah, I know. I do the same thing. Like uh, when I'm out with a family, it's uh, Siobhan's usually either watching the kids or like she'll always be asking to do something and us off, I'll find something so she doesn't bother me or do this. <laughs> <laughs> but but you, it's... it's you just get in the habit of yeah, doing it for exactly, so many years, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So I just do that. And then now over time, Tracy's come to know what we need to do once we get to a portage, when we get to camp, mm-hmm. et cetera. So it's at the point where she start taking on camping chores without needing to be told, yeah. oh, yeah, can you do this while I'm yeah. doing this? And can you do this while I'm doing this? She'll say, okay, I'm going to go do this while you're doing that. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's the whole evolution of how exactly. we've all been there. Oh, yeah. A couple of years ago, uh, she signed up for Terry, Tory Baird's Paddle Like a Girl Weekend. Yeah. When Tori teaches women camping skills and paddling skills. Portage skills. And yeah. yeah, and the purpose so women can go out on canoe trips and know what they need to do and how to do it. Yeah. Without having to worry about Without worrying about some coming guy mansplaining and, how to do stuff. Yeah, exactly. So I've seen Tracy's skills and confidence grow in the backcountry. And this year, she was invited on her first girls' weekend. Right on. Well, this okay, so let me be. step in here because it technically was not a girls' weekend on the onset because you were invited. To- I was busy. <laughs> Tracy's our guest this evening. 
This would be her first canoe trip without me. Yeah. Because we had other plans. Grandiose, adventurous type plans. <laughs> gallivanting the Great Lakes. We yeah. were out gallivanting. <laughs> we're going on an adventure, Mr. Bilbo. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, while we were out uh, testing the waters of all five Great Lakes on our grand adventure, Tracy was two hours north of Kingston, Ontario, in North Frontenac. Oh, that's where they went. I thought it was in the Quarthos. No. Frontenac. No, mm-hmm. North Frontenac. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I've never been. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah? I hear there's lots of ticks. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, funny enough, the tick... Okay, so right off the bat, the tick thing, I asked the guy, because we had the, the guy come around in the motorboat checking the campsites. Um, Asking for passes. and He didn't technically ask for passes, but he definitely was aware of who should be there and oh, who okay. shouldn't be there mm-hmm. at all the sites and whatnot. And uh, and I asked him about ticks because um, we were dealing with horrible, horrible horseflies and mosquitoes. And I just thought, okay, ticks are just going to like... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's going to drive me around the bend. And um, he said, "No, in maybe it was that particular lake. Maybe it's further up because it's a whole series of lakes in there." So mm-hmm. um, he said, "No, where we were, um, he seemed very few." He said, "I've only he'd only dealt with two in like a couple of years." So, oh, okay, yeah, well, but they good. were on your site. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the one thing they have there, and he didn't tell us about, but some. A group of young kids told us about where black snakes. Oh, okay. Not on our side of the lake, mm-hmm. but on the other side of the lake. The bitey kind? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. There, there, uh, there's a tree snake that's black. Do you not remember when we were up camping? Was it uh, Pancake Bay? Because you guys, I had the sunburn. Oh, yeah, Pancake Bay. And I was sitting under <laughs> one of the trees. Oh, and I was reading the pamphlets on local wildlife, and one of them was a black snake that yeah. hangs out in the tree. So I picked up my chair and I moved it under the tarp. Enough of this. Wait a minute. What happened? Well, I was sitting there nicely reading pamphlets, and I got ambushed by a snake from the sky. Well, I mean, for all I know, those black snakes eat ticks, right? So, Oh, really? Like, I, I have no idea. Or people. <laughs> but our fr- we had friends who camped on that lake the weekend before and were posting pictures of their dog um, chasing the snakes. Oh. <laughs> what if right there on. were northern water snakes? Hmm, I don't know. We saw one swimming in the water, but that was it. That's all we saw. Yeah. They're pretty much, they'll leave you alone if you leave them alone. Oh, yeah. Like it's bears. not like they're actually hunting you. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> good time. <laughs> so, it wasn't a huge multiple portage and lakes trip. So, it was a, it was a definitely a good first trip to get your feet uh, wet, so to speak, um, without that safety net. Now, you went with Sue Shepard, who has been doing this for quite a while. Well, she teaches too, right? She mm-hmm. takes uh, kids out and she, yeah. well, she, not so much with COVID, but, and the program's changed. But yeah, that's what she teaches. But she's going to be more of a go do what you need to do and I'm going to do what I need yeah. to do yeah. as opposed to me who's going to be going, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess I got to tell you to do something too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like 
part of it is, okay, you guys are talking about, oh, yeah, I'm used to, you know, doing this and, and telling my wife, you know, go do that. And that keeps her out of my hair and stuff. Like What hair? <laughs> <laughs> Sean is a very type A personality. I think everybody knows that. And oh. so he has everything scheduled and everything itemized and everything... Um, it's more of a, sorted out. It's more of a geek than a type A personality. <laughs> Shut up, man. Check the spreadsheet. <laughs> Did we bring all the stuff? <laughs> well, but see, okay, so like I know there's going to be a question about things I learned, uh, things I, I learned that I needed to do. And every time I go, there's always things that I'm learning and things I'm discovering that, hey, I could do that. I didn't realize I could. But the big thing was that... I need to make my own lists. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. This isn't just a Sean thing. <laughs> <laughs> when you're when you're getting all your gear together on everything you should take, you you got to have a master list. You do. I got about ninety of them. It's best not to. <laughs> yeah, I, I've I've got a, a typical master list that I've built up over the years, so that it's just a checklist. It's yeah. like, okay, did I bring this? Because it's you know, you, so many times you get out there, it's like, oh, I forgot a tongs for flipping food, or I forgot this, or hey, I have no matches, or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. So yeah, you know what? Like with all our camping gear, we've got so many things that are mixed and matched between tandem trips. And solo trips and winter camping, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm not going to buy three separate $150 headlamps. Yeah, if I can use buy one and just use it exactly for all all activities sort of yeah. thing. But you got to have that main list that you can go. Okay, I'm going off of this, 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 yeah. this. No, I can scratch that. I'm not going to take that. Mm-hmm. I don't need this. I don't need that. Oh, it's yeah, summer. I, I don't this. need hand warmers. Yeah, but yeah. you got to have the list. Mm-hmm. You gotta have a list. No, I agree. And I mean, we talked back and forth about about stuff, but there was still stuff that neither of us really thought to talk about. And and it wasn't until um, Sean came home and and looked at me and said, "So what? <laughs> what have you got?" And he brought up first aid kit, and I'm like, "Oh, I didn't even think about a first mm-hmm. aid kit." Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and there's there's also things is is Sue bringing this. I don't know. Exactly. Well, that's... Yeah, that's where you have to touch base with yeah. people. So we're I'm working through the same kind of list thing with the guys we're going to Wabakimi, like who's bringing what tarp and tent and, you know, who's bringing uh, stoves and... Because you can't have four, six people on a trip and you bring six stoves. That's just a waste of time and effort. And, and wait. Yeah, and wait and stuff. So, you know, two stoves. Bring two stoves, six people, whatever, right? Yeah. So, or in groups of two, every, every two people, they're making their own meals and one stove per pair, right? Well, and that's the other thing is, how are you doing meals? Is everybody exactly. doing for themselves? Yeah. Okay, so we're girls, and we got that all figured out right from the beginning. And uh, We're so- bringing wine! <laughs> 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 so the, the trip, uh, like I say, originally was, um, Sean was included in the invite, and there were other people as well. And the, the site was actually um, organized on the onset by our friend Sarah. So um, when Sean wasn't able to go, I thought, well, you know what, Sarah and Sue um, are experienced enough and they would have enough equipment that, you know, like 
maybe there would still be room for me in one of the canoes because I knew I wouldn't be able to take the canoe. I, I've never driven with a canoe on on the top of my vehicle. I wouldn't know how to secure it properly or I wouldn't feel confident enough yet with that kind of responsibility um, and even just navigating my own way to the site. So it was just easier to know that there were other people and I had a chance to um, to meet up. And then between the three of us, we had talked about and, you know, like one of the first things that we talked about was um, was food. And there was pictures of, well, do you like this? Do you like that? Do you like this? <laughs> Um, so that was one of the first things, but then it was, it was the nitty gritty things like, um, you know, like we all knew that we were going to bring our own clothes and stuff, but, um, then we talked about cook sets and, and stuff. Cause I said, I, I could bring my stick stove if, you know, or our stick stove, if, um, they thought that that would, you know, be a handy thing to take. And then, um, I didn't know if they were over the fire cookers or if they were more stove cookers. And, you know, so we, there were some discussions about that kind of stuff, but, um, but there, there clearly was not enough discussion on my end. And that was, that showed a big lack of knowledge on, on my part. Cause sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Right. And so this kind of trip was a great, way for me to to figure that out and and it was it was Tori who actually um, had helped sort of put the ideas in our head on the kind of things that we needed to know about for this trip and uh, for these kind of trips that you know as women were were going on because there were other ladies there like me who whose husbands just automatically did stuff and they have just started joining them and so um you know, they weren't in from the onset of the laying out of plans. They've just sort of joined in halfway through things. And, and, uh, so it's been easier for, um, for their plans to come together because they're not starting from zero. They're, they're already at five or six before they get to 10 on, on Mm -hmm. the planning end of things. Um, and Tori was good about um, talking about safety. And that was one thing that I was able to take responsibility for as far as making sure that it, my family and my daughter, who was our daughter, who was being left home alone here, knew where I was going to be, what kind of vehicle I'd be traveling in, where I was meeting up, you know, like all of those kind of things. So um, at least that was something I was able to take responsibility for. Um independently this time and so hopefully with the next trip that we do I'll be able to be a little more independent and not have to stand there and look at Sean and say I have no idea (laughs) her backpack was filled what's in there stuff I don't know (laughs) (laughs) I just grabbed crap all willy nilly and (laughs) tossed it in yeah (laughs) there was just a whole lot of uh, I don't know (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> Sean thankfully put his pa- put his patience panties on with me and and helped me get everything sorted out. <laughs> I was commando. <laughs> um, no, you know what I I knew that this would it would go over smooth, but there'd probably be rough. To, you just want to make sure they're, they're just be with a, like, like having a kid going out on their first trip. Yeah. yeah. You want to make sure they're prepared. 
So I came home uh, early from work the, the, the Friday that she was leaving and just went through her bag and made sure she had what she had. And she had packed things a couple of ways that were just too bulky and you could slim it down some. Make the pack smaller, yeah. You know, that sort of deal. And uh, <coughs> so there wasn't too much um, out of place or you could fit everything in yep. that you needed to fit in. And a couple little hints there and there. I mean, realistically, didn't need a, a ton, but... You know, every little, it's little things that you pick up. We, like I say, we've all been there. You yeah. Learn, so you you got to learn at some point. And I find with group trips or doing trips with people that you haven't tripped with before, everybody has a, a quirky way of doing stuff. And and oftentimes they do something better than you. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I never thought of doing it that yeah. way. And so it's a really good learning opportunity. If, if you keep going with the same person, you're really not going to learn. And uh, except for mistakes you make or whatever shortcomings that but uh if you trip with new people all the time it's like oh that's a really neat way to do this or that or you know what i mean like we're not uh, taking too many of one thing exactly Should we talk about the uh hand sanitizer oh <laughs> there was one of the cook kit there was one with the toiletries there was another small one in the in the pack and then she Back in this big, massive one. It was the size of a Mickey. <laughs> Case I had to refill. Come on. Where are you going? You're going to need that much sanitizer. Yeah, but you know, if it was raining and we needed to uh, light the light wet wood, can you not light hand sanitizer? You had more than enough already. <laughs> <laughs> We're going for three days, two nights. Yeah. <laughs> you were two hours from the nearest big ass city. <laughs> um, yeah, there was a bit of teasing when uh, she was packing. I was pulling stuff out. Well, uh, what? What's this? <laughs> but you know what? Like letting her pick out what she needs to get and how to pack it all, and yep. just. Double checking that mm-hmm. it's all done in in a good way, and um, she she was pretty good. Now, a couple of new things when we were at the Toronto Outdoor Adventure Show, I had my um, Eureka Spitfire solo tent for years and years, but the zipper on the fly is gone kaputski, so I can't use it. We have our Marmot uh, Limelight Three. That we use when we're when we go on our trips together, so that's big enough for the two of us plus some gear inside. We needed something a bit smaller than that. We've picked up an El Capitan too, okay, uh, from Eureka, and that's good. I used uh, one of those. We used those when we did the um, Trent Severn waterway trip. Ben Stacy talked to Eureka, and they gave us a, f- a couple of those to use. Oh, right on. And they were easy to set up. They were. They were comfortable. They were big enough for one person. Plus, I could put my whole pack and everything in there. The two vestibules were good size for for Mm -hmm. gear and stuff as well. But it packs up small and light? No. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's still a bit heavy, but uh, not as big as our, our, um, our marmot is, that's for sure. And we also picked up, Tracy, the an Ostrom pack. Oh, nice. Hat yeah. with a liner. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the Quetico version. So it's 79 to 95 liters when it's ex- fully expanded, yeah. right? Because there's this, the... Um, side cinches. Side cinches on, on it and stuff like that. So 
And I never thought we were going to pick up, uh, maybe order one of the um, tump lines, and we never did. Yeah. I've tried yeah. tump lines. I hate them. So do I. Don't like them. Yeah. So when we were at um, uh, Tomogamy last year, and we saw uh, Mercedes and Mike. Mike. Um, they have their own, they've got like this big, huge wooden box that oh, yeah. Mike just throws on his back and puts the uh, dump line. Wan- Is it a Wanigan? Okay. Um, and so I was talking to him about that and he said, oh, it takes so much pressure off mm-hmm. because they, they pack, um, a lot of stuff into that, um, Wanigan and he hauls it everywhere just by the tump. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so I will pick one. I mean, they're only ten bucks. Pick one up and you can give it a whirl. Yeah. See if it helps you out. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, this trip you didn't you you didn't really have to portage your gear anywhere. No, it was just from where the parking lot was. It was just really a four hundred meter paddle to our campsite. <laughs> 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 so, and the the lake itself was. Um, an easy paddle. There was like no waves or anything the day that on Saturday, and it was like an easy hour and a half around the lake. Oh, okay. There's only like eleven or twelve sites on the lake. Yeah, so. there's twelve, 12 hmm. sites on the lake. Yeah, like so. I say, it, it's a great place if you're not sure if you're doing it for the first time by yourself, sort of thing. Yeah, this would be a great lake if you're doing a solo trip for the first time. Oh, okay. Because if you're unsure and you need to pack up and leave mm-hmm. the next morning. You can exit then your your cars across the lake. Yeah. Sort of okay. Thing, right. So yeah. it, this would be a great solo lake to uh, to try out if you're not too sure. Uh, so you you drove to Belleville, met up with Sue. Now Sue is actually doing the meanest link this right now with uh, our buddy Peter and a couple others. Yeah. Um, Johnny and Cam and Johnny. Cam. Yeah. Ca- yeah. Camel's uh, Camille's doing it right. Uh, loaded your car. You headed north. Um, how was setting up the new tent? You know, I'm glad that I had a chance to put it up the week before uh, and uh, and just give it a, a little test run in the backyard. Uh, that definitely made things a whole lot easier um, so that when we got to the campsite, I knew exactly where everything was and what was supposed to go where, and, and it went very, very smoothly. So I was really glad for having done the, the practice setup. What about the gear net in the top, or did you use it? I did actually. Yeah, it uh, it came in handy because um, then I didn't have to um, flip around looking for my headlamp. I could put it up there and knew exactly, um, you know, for those midnight uh, dashes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really like it. So when I, like I say, when I joined in with Sean on his trips, um, you know, I just use all of his gear and, um, most, it's all great stuff that he's gotten over the years. And I've worked really hard at the, at the gym and that to try and get my, my strength and stamina and all of that going. But I'm okay with the weight of the pack, but the sizing of his big, sea lion pack has just uh, been really difficult. And when we were doing tomogamy, especially last year, I just couldn't quite get the the pack fitting properly. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, I always have to 
bend forward um, in order to keep the pack up on my back. And even, even then it still keeps riding lower and lower and lower. And then the straps are digging in um, and cutting the circulation off to my arms and stuff. So when we were at the, um, at a couple of the outdoor shows this year, um, the canoe symposium and the Toronto out, outdoor show, um, we looked at these packs, the Ostroms. And again, it was, it was, Mercedes, who um, had mentioned them again, and I'd heard them from other people, heard about mm-hmm. them from other people. Um, but I thought, geez, you know, here she's a young woman who's um, doing these big, momentous trips with her husband and that, and and she really speaks highly of these packs. So I asked around, and so I wound up getting one. The only thing I don't love is um, we got the 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 rain pack oh the liner the liner yeah and so that's a bit that's a bit of a pain in the arse it, yeah it's a bit flippy you know to fiddle around with to to get your stuff but you know it that's just a, a learning curve for me but um and i'm gonna have to fiddle around more now that i've had it packed down and and tried it on with uh with all the gear in it i need to sort of figure out the um straps and shoulder yeah straps yeah and- the placement of the straps but at least on on this ostrom pack that i've got um i can do that because on your sea line it's like how it is is how it is there's not yeah. really any other choice uh, just yeah and this thing rides up nicely on your back um i'm six one tracy is not so. <laughs> five one and three quarters <laughs> so there's a big foot difference there yeah, so. yeah. Uh, yeah, so it rides lower on, on her and it doesn't, I think it's fine. <laughs> Apparently some people in the house don't. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, that's, that's the one thing I didn't like about the pack is that it's like, I like the sea line because it's waterproof. Yes. The Ostrom is water, I guess, resistant repellent. Well, so they you put need the, a waterproof liner. So you get the liner, but when you're trying to pack stuff into it, mm-hmm. you know, it's not always the easiest. It's just a learning curve, right? Yep. Yep. Once you get it figured out, then it's like, okay. So uh, camp chores, starting fire, filtering water, cooking, other stuff like that, no problems? So um, I didn't start the fire, <gasps> but I did take a fire starter with me that I got at the outdoor show so that we had the easier kind of setting up. Um. I did put wood on the fire every once in a while. (laughs) (laughs) Did you use the saw? uh, I did not. I did not take the saw out at all. Really? Yeah. All right. That just means it's still sharp. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Water filter was no problem. You've you've done that many times. Yeah. Now, um, that was something that I was able to independently do because I've been able to do that in the past. So... That was one chore that uh, that I could take on and, and felt, okay, we're, we're good with that. The fire, mm, still not entirely comfortable. Practice. Yeah, still not entirely comfortable um, from start to finish. But I, I'll try it. I'll try it maybe next time or, you know, whatever. But cooking over the fire, you've, you've got down. Yeah, now. <laughs> <laughs> now. Yeah, now, because I'd never cooked over the fire. I've never 
been somebody who's been comfortable. I, I don't ever do the barbecuing if if I can help it, you know. Just like me, the guy that always stabs and burns himself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's always used to it. Let him go do it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Does Siobhan do the uh, do the barbecuing? Does she does she start the fire and Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I feel so inadequate. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is that next trip, I'm sitting back on my ass. And, oh, you're experienced now. Start the fire. Cook me some dinner. Pull me some wine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, the winter camping has helped me get more comfortable with, with fire and stuff and with the wood stove there and, and now the wood splitter. So, you know, maybe I'll be a little better with a saw. <laughs> well, what's good though is uh, it's when you can evenly, evenly distribute the uh, the chores around camp, right? So mm-hmm. th- there's always something to do, and and if if somebody is independently thinking about what they can do and not asking, you know, what can I do, then it's it's so much easier. Like Siobhan's really good around camp. She like you know, she'll get the fire going and or set the tent up or or whatever, right? So it, it's uh, it makes it a lot smoother operation. And, and there's there's a, you know maybe a little bit of chatter you're talking about the day or whatever but not you know directions and how to do this or that so I'm waiting for the kids to get to that point where like Stella's pretty good Stella is uh, just doing stuff now she's starting to do her own thing but Beckett he just wanders around and knocks rocks together and he's not really interested in helping out or anything like that right if, if there's food to be eaten or if there's rocks to be thrown then he's up for it but uh, <laughs> otherwise <laughs> foods and rocks Food yeah. and rocks. <laughs> but it, yeah, it all comes with with experience and, mm-hmm. and yeah. taking more of a hands on and 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 stuff. So you know, this year when we're out at in Algonquin and Tomogamy and that, you get to start the fires. Yeah, like that. That's something for sure. I'm, you know, for all the years that we did trailer camping, um, I was always the one inside using the the stove yeah if we cooked inside then tracy usually the inside cooking but if we were doing outside it's you cooking yeah mm-hmm. uh so you paddled the lake you did some exploring yeah any wildlife um some loons actually oh nice yeah there was four loons on on the lake and uh so we'd watch them swimming in the on friday evening they were swimming in front of us uh and then when we went out for a paddle on Saturday afternoon, uh, there was two of them there fishing. I love the loons. Mm-hmm. Just love them. And it's always so special when you get somewhat close to them. Because mm-hmm. they don't always yeah. let you. You know, they always, even though they don't look like they're noticing you, they know you're oh, there. Oh, they know you. Yeah, they know. Yeah. And they just very quietly dive under and yeah. go swimming for a very long time and come up you know, way far away from you. Yeah. So it's always yeah. really special when you get I've close. seen one swim underneath a can- my canoe once. Really? Yeah, that was like, whoa, the wings all out, like they're flying underwater, right? Yeah. So they kind of push and then more like a, you know, a, a, one of those jets, whatever it is, the wings are back and they're just kind of yeah. smooth. It's, it's amazing to see how they can so efficiently swim underwater. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, because, you know, you hear them fly when they're when they're coming in for the evening yeah. you, you hear them and there's that yeah of their wings and you know they're those big thick wings yeah. that they're flapping but um but 
You don't think of them that graceful underwater as well. Mm. No, but mm-hmm. but they have to be because yep. you see them. Because they have to catch fish. That'd yeah. be quick. And apparently this lake is stocked with, uh, I think they said rainbow every year. Oh, okay. So, you know, uh, Sue took her fishing rod. We didn't even get one single nibble. <laughs> there was all these tiny little fish in around the shore that we could see. And, you know, it's a pretty clear lake that we were on, but um, not even a nibble. Yeah. It's they a said it lake. was stocked. They didn't say how big. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why they call it fishing and not, not catching. catching. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, you know, like clearly the loons are being kept there because there is there's food, there's food, yeah, for, there's yeah. food yeah. for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you went swimming and floating around the lake. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Relaxed around the fire at night. Yes, and sat in the no bug zone. That was did you, use, did you use the bug uh, jacket? I did not use the bug jacket really? because we had the Eureka bug zone. No bug zone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bug the zone. bug zone. All the bugs. You open <laughs> up the door, in, they all in. come in. <laughs> it's it, those bug tents are nice. Like uh, that's just in the last few years. I, I like. Before, if you had a bug tent, it was like for car camping because it had metal poles and whatnot. But just in the last, what, five or eight years, they've really started, the technology has been increasing with better and lighter mesh. And uh, so it's basically a tarp with mesh, right? So it's, it's such a treat now to be able to sit around camp without a bug jacket, sweating, barely able to breathe, <sighs> opening the face part of the bug jacket so you can eat. So it's, those, bug, those bug net things are really nice camping. And I've, I've gone on a few trips where that was my tent. It's like the, I didn't bring a tent. I just brought the bug tent. I've mm-hmm. heard of people doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really nice. And you can see it like if it's a full moon, you can just look out. Every single wall is a window, right? Yeah. So, But you know it's a two-way window, right? Oh, yeah, the, bear, <laughs> the bears are going here. Oh, there's my dinner. <laughs> oh, dude, put your pants on. The only thing th- that's a bit awkward with the design of the, the no-bug zone is the the um, significant slant to the roof. Oh. You know, like I'm used to, um, we used to have a big dining tent, right, that was just a big square that yeah. that had the peak to it. There's headroom everywhere. There was mm-hmm. headroom everywhere. Mm-hmm. And with the no bug zone, you do have to kind of watch where you're... Yeah. It, it does limit you a little bit more for, mm-hmm. for where you're going to be. But the trade-off is that the bugs don't get in because there's that little lip under with the with the tent. Um, you know, and Sean's talking about the bug jacket. So the very first trip that we went on was... Um, I joined in with his Father's Day trip up, so that was in June. Uh, how many years ago? Like five, six? Yeah, it was Marcus uh, Rabino's 50th, right? That's right. So we went into Roseberry? Yep. Yeah. And, um, you know, I asked the lady, because we went in at... Um, Through the Tim Lake access area, through Kearney. Is that where it was? Yeah, yeah I asked the lady in the office. I said, how are the bugs this time of year? And she says, oh, they're not bad. And as we're standing there loading up the canoe, I was like swarmed. It was like, <laughs> oh, my God. You should see them when they are bad. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I, I put the bug jacket on and, um, you know, like they still get up inside. And I never really had dealt with black flies um, up until that point because we just never – been anywhere where we had to had to deal with them we avoided camping with the kids during black fly season and and everything 
And those little buggers got up inside every little crevice they could, and mm-hmm. they were biting my face. And my face was so swollen, I couldn't open my eyes. The next oh, wow. Day. Yeah, it was, mm-hmm. that, it was that bad. Hmm. Sean looked at me and went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I bought that, what, five years ago? Because we've been doing the show. I think we've been doing the show a year when I bought that. And we've been doing it just over six now. Yep. So I bought that. And in all the years, I've used it once. <laughs> Everybody else has used the snot yeah. out of it. <laughs> I've used it once. All the blood that's on it, yeah. none of it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the the no bug zone tent was definitely a real treat mm-hmm. to uh, to keep the the biting critters away. Yeah, uh, you didn't do s'mores. Oh no, no, no! We did better than s'mores. We I took strawberries and fluff. The marshmallow fluff. <laughs> that stuff is so good. Yeah, I love it. Did Everybody, you guys eat all of it? Of course. <laughs> oh yeah, we're we're not the kind of girls that went. Oh no, I'll just have one. <laughs> like, is there more? Is there more? Oh, oh good. <laughs> what wine do strawberries go with? <laughs> there, I don't know where Sean found that that idea from years ago, but everybody that we have um, introduced to the strawberries and fluff, you know, quite often they'll be, oh, I'm not really a sweet person, and just try one, and they have one, and it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, the caramelized marshmallow oh. or the lightly roasted strawberry. And uh, I saw somebody once, they did it with a little bit of a chocolate drizzle. Oh. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you just put that strawberry on the, the, the roasting stick or whatever. Yeah. And then you cover it with the marshmallow fluff and just cook it like a marshmallow. Yeah. Just cook it slowly. It gets nice and... Squishy, cooked on the outside. Squishy and warm inside. Yeah, the strawberry gets warm and really juicy inside. Mm-hmm. You just put the whole thing in your mouth and you bite. Wow. Yeah. 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 You know, and really, what better way to get your, your fruit serving in? <laughs> there you go. Get my strawberries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, sunrises and sunsets. We saw beautiful, beautiful golden sunsets. The sunrises, uh, I didn't see from... <laughs> From behind your closed eyes? (laughs) No, I was awake, actually, lying in the tent, noticing that it was getting lighter out. But but the sunsets were beautiful. They were golden and just just beautiful. Yeah. Uh, You were crocheting worms. (laughs) (laughs) We saw pictures. Yes. (laughs) So um, it's for um, donation for um, um, little treat boxes that uh, that are sold to help kids with cancer. So they're always looking for for um, different things to put in them. And um, I have all kinds of leftover yarn. And, you know, sometimes you're looking just for, for things to do that you don't really have to do a whole lot of concentrating on. You know, my brain anymore, I just can't, I I haven't got enough concentration to sit and read a book or, you know, do some of those other things that people like to do when they're 
um, having some downtime. And uh, so I just threw a couple of balls of wool in and a couple of crochet hooks because I knew Sue crocheted. And uh, and it is very simple. Um, these worry worms, they're called. And so we just sat there and chatted and and knocked off couple of dozen of these worry worms <laughs> that will I'll give away to the uh, to the uh, donation but it it wound up being like the perfect little thing because it was something that we could do um, you know to keep ourselves busy in in some kind of a meaningful way that didn't involve a whole lot of concentrating yeah sometimes that's all it takes <laughs> so what you're up there for so how was packing up at the end not as bad as the packing to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because everything's already there. <laughs> well, I kind of had an idea then on on how things might fit, and you know, I was getting myself all stressed at the beginning. On okay, there really needs to be come some kind of a, a sensible order to how you pack your bag, and uh, and I just couldn't quite come up with with that kind of commitment, and uh, but. On the way back, you know, you really don't care as much because you're just going home. <laughs> and there's also the, well, the car is right there. I'm just going to throw it on top. <laughs> I'm just going to stop yeah. it in the car anyway. Yeah. Is there anything you wish you had with you that you didn't take? Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had your shoes. Yeah. You had your water shoes. Yeah. But I need something really quick slip on quick and comfy and that is going to protect my feet for those middle of the night or first mm -hmm. thing in the morning runs yeah. <laughs> uh anything you should have left behind um i think i took too many clothes yeah you know what i used to take a set of underwear for each day a set of socks for each day pants or shorts for each day shirt for each day yeah you don't need all that oh at the end of the day Weren't you wearing that shirt seven days ago? Exactly. Still am. Yeah. You go for a swim. <laughs> you wear your clothes. Go for a swim at the end of the day, and you're yeah. good to go. For, they're good to go for the next day. Yeah. Underwear. Yeah. Front, back, inside, front, <laughs> inside, back. <laughs> then commando. It's five days. One pair of underwear. And you go for a nice swim in all your clothes, and yeah, yeah. See, washes That's what the are washes for. The sweat away. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of all, did you enjoy yourself? Oh, uh, I. You know what? It was like, it was like going to a cottage, but in a tent. Like you know, going you sleeping didn't have on the, the ground. Yeah, I didn't have the amenities, but, um, but it was it was just such an awesome weekend, um, and there was no demands. No, you know, the entertainment came from the other campsites around us. And so, you know, we didn't have to, um, you know, it was just, it was just Sue and I, and, you know, we wish that Sarah would have been able to come with us and, you know, she was thought of and mentioned the whole weekend and we would have had as much fun with her there. And, you know, if, if some of the other people would have come, that would have been good too. Um, but at the end of the day, just the two of us. It was just so awesome to be able to just relax and have no demands yeah. and just yeah. chill. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everybody's independent. Yeah. 
There's when I go with family, it's always I'm always trying to think. Okay, are the kids taken care of? Do they have snacks? Is yeah. is there anything? Do I need more wood or whatever? But then you go with a group of a whole group of independent people, and suddenly it's like, oh, there's a pile of wood there already. Oh, the fire's going. Oh, somebody's already made water. It's like, well, I better do something. I'm not pulling my own weight here. <laughs> right? right? Yeah. So, but you're not, you're not thinking for other people. Suddenly everybody's independent. And, and that's where things, that's where a trip really comes together when you have a whole bunch of independent thinkers doing stuff around camp. And there's some chatter, some jokes and whatever, but everybody's pulling their weight and everybody's doing a little bit of the thing. And, and, you know, it's, it's, um, uh, you know, usually when it's, uh, when I, the group of guys that I go with, it's, uh, Somebody makes supper. Either you either if it's a small group, four people, one person makes supper, or the other everybody else does dishes afterwards, or you take turns making suppers, or you take turns making snacks. Somebody's gonna make bread one day, bannock another, and something like that, right? So it's just all these little things come together and, and suddenly all that load is lifted off of you because you're not you're not catering to people. Yeah. You're not making sure everybody's needs are met. You're just oh, I'm just doing my own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like the very first trip, like I say, to Roseberry that Sean took me on, um, you know, when everything got done and, and everything, there was nothing else left to do, you, you were able to sit back and enjoy nature yeah. in a way mm-hmm. that you never would have been able to exactly experience if yeah. you didn't have that time, yeah. you know? It's like, you know, that very first trip when he took me, my goodness, we, we woke up to uh, a pack of wolves howling at six o'clock in the morning and that was that was the most awesome Mm -hmm. thing ever you know and if we were up worrying about you know making sure somebody was this and getting stuff ready we would have missed that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff Mm -hmm. you know and i you know i i've learned to value all of these these moments you know like even one of the first trips, not the first trip, but one of the first trips, winter camping that we went on and we were in our little 10 by 10 esker and all of a sudden everything aligned and we were able to sit in the tent and I I crocheted and Sean read a book for four hours and nobody bugged us. <laughs> there was no animal wanting to be fed. No yep. dog needed to go out the door. No phone ringing. No kids wanting yep. this. No, there was nothing. And it was like, it was four hours to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And and it's time that you'll never get back. It yeah. was so awesome, right? <laughs> and that's what this trip was. Like it was, yeah. it really was there was that kind of sense of you know what this is this is our time and there's no demands mm-hmm. if we wanted to do something we could do it and, and we were you know like we were um okay enough with each other that we could have said you know i i don't really want to do that now okay well let's do this and you know like both of us were agreeable and it just made made the the experience yeah so so great nice. you know You'll do it again? Yeah, I'll do it again. Woohoo! I mean, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually been asked already for a trip in November. There you go. In November? November. Not a... No, it's a winter. Okay. Yeah. It's a winter thing. It's a winter one, but... But, yeah. Cool. Who's 10? So, uh, not ours. <laughs> 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 I would not be able to do ours, our circus tent. <laughs> The big top. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah! 
but awesome. yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I even had said to Sue, like, even if if we're able to do something like this every year, like just get a, a bunch of us together or something like that, yeah. that would be really nice. But mm-hmm. see, that's why there, there's so many girls' weekends and yeah. stuff like that, and that's become a thing. Yeah. Um, you know, there there's so women on the water. It's it's yes all ladies that go. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's. I think there's been a real shift away from you know hubbies are are mm-hmm. taking us on a trip. Yeah. Well, no, a hubby can stay at home or go gallivanting through five great lakes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I venture forth with my friends, mm-hmm. and I, I think that there's no issues with that. You know, I've been doing these trips with my buddies for over twenty years, twenty five years now. Yeah. And it's now that Tracy's starting to get into it. She's going to have the opportunity to go with her buddies, mm-hmm. and by all means, as long as you know we know what's happening and nothing else, you know. Because if there's a wedding we're supposed to go to, or a funeral <laughs> we're supposed to go to, or, <laughs> we're going down to New Orleans. Oh, I can't make New Orleans. I'm going to Tuck Tuck. <laughs> yeah, you know, I still, you know, I'm not the kind of person that really dreams about going on a solo trip. At this point in my life, that is not something that I that I covet making plans for. There are so many people out there who do it, but to be in a supported group like this, yes, absolutely, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. makes a big difference. Yeah, big difference. Awesome. I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, me too. <laughs> glad you didn't lose a finger. Or... Well, yeah, but I didn't use the saw, so. <laughs> Things happen. Yeah. Trust me. Things happen. <laughs> but I was just sitting there and an axe handle came flying. <laughs> now if we a could, snake dropped out of the trees. <laughs> if we could somehow figure out a way to make a lightweight um, pack-up version of that log splitter that, that we got for the winter. Oh, yes. That mm-hmm. would be awesome. That thing's cast iron, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you're not bringing that. No. <laughs> they can bring it, no. but you're bringing it. <laughs> no, I'll hang it off my Ostrom pack. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That'll flip go. me over yeah. quicker than <laughs> Right off the top. Yeah. Just hang that right off the top. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, Trace. Yeah, no, thanks yeah, for having thanks me. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll be right back after this commercial. Hey, this is Sean Rowley, and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. So I'm really, really happy that Tracy's now taken this next step to 
get out and uh, go paddling without me and do some tripping and stuff like that. Learn some independence, yeah. new skills. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I said, you know what? I, I've I've been doing it for so long without her. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, she's we, we've been tripping together yeah. over the last few years. And now it's, it's just the next logical step, mm-hmm. right, for anybody who's getting the next, uh, getting out there and with their own paddling buddies. and Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Expand your horizons. Grow your group of friends. Yeah. Take my wife, please. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and getting out there uh, on the water with Ariana, he, he, you know, as well. Yeah. You know, then, uh, I mean, that sets the two of them up mm-hmm. um, to do some tripping together. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So we'll see. I go one way, they go another way. There you go. Mix and match. Yeah. Yeah. Because every time I, right now, like I, I do a lot of tripping throughout the year and stuff and, and so it's often, it's, it's just in the last while that, uh, like, well, I'm going to Wabakimi in August mm-hmm. and so Siobhan is going to take the kids. They're going to do, uh, it's sort of, they're going to Silent Lake, but it's the hiking campsites. Right. So th- that's going to be a little bit more advanced on their part. And, but I always, normally I feel like I'm abandoning them, right? But now Siobhan's getting out on her own, taking the kids and so on, right? So this is, uh, I, I think that's good. So it, it makes me feel less guilty about taking off and doing my trips and, and, uh, and so on, right? So. So Siobhan listens to the podcast now, right? Uh, periodically, not all the time, but she does listen. Siobhan. Call Tracy. There you go. Yeah. Make plans. Yes, absolutely. You're getting sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> Slap Derek. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you know what? Like, Trace be happy to go out and... Yeah, exactly. You right? know, add her to the group yeah. sort of thing, so... Unfortunately, awesome. we still have young children, so it's hard ah, to... Ah, just put well, them in a closet like, like with fish. Put just a bowl of water, litter box. Some food and water, <laughs> treadmill, whatever, spinny wheel, yeah. giant hamster yeah. cage, whatever. <laughs> just tell somebody to call once in a while. Exactly. You guys still alive? <laughs> yeah. Good. <laughs> Click. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Trust yeah. me. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's all I've got this week. That's all i got. You got anything else coming up? Uh, no, not really. Like we are, we're, we're, we, there's some July vacation come up. We're trying to figure out plans for and get the August trip. And I'm still looking into some late fall trips and, but don't have anything yet. So it's, uh, and so it's, you know, it's minimal yeah. planning. Yeah. I might go, uh, there's, there's a place just north here. I want, might be perfect for some canoe polling. I'm going to uh, check it out. I think okay. maybe this weekend. I think we're doing a barbecue with a bunch of Ariana's friends for her graduation oh, okay. this weekend. I'm not sure if it's Saturday and Sunday, Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. But whatever day it isn't, mm-hmm. we might go do some canoe polling. There you go. Need to practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That's all I got, man. Uh, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. You can go to paddlingadventuresradio.com and listen to all our episodes there. You can stream them or download them. If you enjoy the podcast, please share it with family, friends, and fellow paddlers. Uh, Trace, thanks for coming on this week and uh, sharing your experiences with uh, paddling without me for the first time. You just (laughs) left me at home. (laughs) Kevin Callen, go check out his Facebook or uh, uh, YouTube, YouTube channel for the latest Whiskey Fireside chat. 
Um, that's about it. So I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time.